0: You, you hot topic piece of shit.
1: Radio-drome. Welcome to another 80s episode of Radiodrome. My name is Josh Hadley. With me, as always, is Laughing Boy the Cecil. Oh, I'm I'm the Laughing Boy this time? Why not? Because Peter's usually the one laughing, so it's got like a dichotomy kind of thing. Okay, yes, I laugh at things. The monkey man from Canada. You're f***ed,
0: sir. That's oh, great. <laughs> All right,
1: well, Peter mentioned getting f***ed. So you guys need to go to adamandeve.com Use the promo code DROME And you will get 50% off of a single item Three free DVDs A free sex swing And free US shipping All for using the promo code DROME At adamandeve.com But also if you guys are going to be surfing Some of the more skeevy parts of the web You need a VPN That's where you go to 1201beyond.com Backslash dromevpn And you can get NordVPN protection For only $3 Forty-nine cents a month for a three-year plan they'll encode your data they'll encrypt your data you can mask yourself say you want to watch a video that's only available in the uk oh well, all of a sudden boom you're in a london server you can choose where you want to be seen from basically you need a vpn to do anything nowadays and that's where you go to 1201beyond.com backslash drome vpn so all of that said let's see if we can get through even 1988 tonight the slasher boom is totally over at this point. Horror films are going into a more supernatural realm. I mean, you still have the big boys. You still have A Nightmare on Elm Street. You still have a Friday the 13th movie. You've got Halloween 4. For the most part, it it's over at this point. But you do have some cool stuff like Bad Dreams, that Jennifer Rubin' Nightmare on Elm Street rip off, ironically enough, because she was in a Nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> 3. You've got stuff like Black Roses, the Heavy Metal is Evil. But I want to talk about... The Blob, 1988, might be one of the best remakes ever. I mean, there are great ones, like John Carpenter's The Thing, Night of the Living Dead, 1990, and such, but Chuck Russell and Frank Darbaugh's Blob remake from 88 is such a fantastic movie. I'm not taking anything away from the original. I like 88 That movie better. is
0: right up there, I'd say. It's right up there with The Thing. It's That's a great remake. Like, so good. I'm holding in my hands. I have a
2: vial of blob goo from the <laughs> Eighty Eight remake. One of my lovely prized possessions. Unfortunately, a lot of the uh, the coloring has has died over the years. It's not quite as uh, purplish, quite as purple, but it's still there. I did a video on it a long time ago, and one of the effects guys—they still had gallons and gallons of this stuff left over from the movie, and so he put it in a vial and sent it to me. And uh, it's great, man. I, I adore it. It is—it's masterfully directed. It is a similar story but different. So it's one of those cases of where you can watch the original Blob and you can watch the remake, and you'll have two separate experiences. The practical effects are amazing. It's vicious. It's just, it's so good. Like the Blob remake is phenomenal. I mean, it is not at all the movie that you were expecting going in. You're kind of, the first time I watched it, I was expecting, because the the original is is very good, but it's kind of a little bit lighthearted. In a way, like, not, but I mean, but this one is just downright vicious.
0: It's mean-spirited, for sure. Like, you have the introduction of the kind of, you know, the alpha football jock character, and you think he's going to be the hero, and he he just gets eaten up by the blob, like, and he probably has, like, the most brutal death of the film. Yeah, because Shawnee
2: Smith is, like, looking for him, and just walks in, and he's just... And he's just getting absorbed, and his oh, arm man. falls off. It's—I mean—it is vicious.
0: It's rough, yeah.
1: But it's a great movie. On the other hand, now I like this movie. But can you really <laughs> defend C- Canada's "The Brain" as being a great movie? I yes, really like it. Yes, I can. You That's can. A
0: fantastic film. I will. I will organize a lynch mob with Brandon Tenold and kick your ass. You're not even a real Canadian.
1: You're Serbian
0: shut up (laughs) dude it's
2: it's a fun exploitation movie it's uh it's really crazy what do you you know it's a big i mean if you look at the cover you've got this freaking brain with with a a head on it it's just it's a weird (laughs) messed up movie it's it's a lot of fun i
0: wouldn't i wouldn't say that it is a great movie but But it is a it is great fun Banner year 88 really is We got the first Chucky We got Halloween 4 Which is underrated as all hell I think that's one of the better Michael Myers sequels We got the first Pumpkinhead We got Nightmare on Elm Street 4 which was like really Freddy going into the MTV mainstream generation, Night of the Demons, which was awesome. And our introduction to, I forget the name of the actual character, something Cordell, Officer Cordell in, in Maniac Cop, 1988. This was oh, yeah. a great year, great year for horror. This is 88 was fantastic. We had a little bit of everything, the supernatural stuff and the slasher stuff, plus freaking Hellraiser 2. Which just rocks. Hellraiser Two is is by far, in my opinion, the the best of the Pinhead movies. I, I don't
2: I don't think you mentioned it, but we had our introduction to a little Mister Kane Hodder with uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven. Yes, we had Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Phantasm Two. Oh my God, yeah. I mean, God! I mean, so much good stuff going on.
0: Phantasm Two was also the best of the the Phantasm films. I like kind of, I I wish they, I wish they would have continued with the guy that plays, uh, what's his face, the kid. Um, but I guess they couldn't afford him. He was more of like a legitimate actor. The studio forced him
1: on Don Coscarelli. Coscarelli really? had to cast. The same Mike from one, three, and four. He's that. He really isn't is as good. For. He hated James Lagro, and they did not get along oh. at all. He did not want James Lagro back when when he got the. That's remember, so
0: that's so unfortunate because James James Lagro was so good. Like he really worked as like a grown up version of that character. That was a great like on the road monster movie. I-, I feel like Phantasm 2 should be owed a lot of credit. Like I feel like shows like. Supernatural borrowed from Phantasm 2, a lot of other things like it, it's that kind of aesthetic. I feel like Phantasm 2 really paved the way for, for a lot of things and is, is one of those like rare occurrences where the sequel to something is like a lot better than the first film.
1: Phantasm 2 was backed by Universal, so he had yeah. more money than he even knew what to do with for that one. Oh, it,
0: it felt like a much, much bigger film for and sure. And He
1: hated it because Universal had all the control, it, it's not the movie he wanted to make it all we'll do a whole phantasm retrospective at another point because james legros wasn't even the first choice that that the studio foisted on him they wanted him to take this unknown actor named brad pitt for the role the the thing though is brad pitt turned down phantasm 2 so he could do thelma and louise which
0: career oh, no way
1: career wise probably the better move
0: oh that's crazy he would have been great in phantasm 2
1: but it would not have done for his career what Thelma probably and Louise not, did. No.
2: But I do. I will say though, it's weird. I mean, I only looked into Phantasm Two a little bit. I'm gonna do a, a video on it at some point in 2020. I thought that James the Gro and Reggie Bannister they had better chemistry, even like. I, and, and I'm talking, and this is coming from somebody who loves the Phantasm series. Phantasm Two. It's a shame that if if Don really feels that way about it. I mean, I'm sure you know there was a lot of studio headaches and whatnot. The production, it just felt. Like, I adore the first one, but it just felt like they were expanding the the whole concept better. Everybody seemed like it it just was a much better version of the story. And, um, And I mean, and I liked... Three, for kind of going back to basics a little bit, but three just doesn't, I mean, it, it just doesn't hold a candle. And then four, unfortunately, is a lot of flashbacks, and five,
1: five cost about a- count as a, as a f***ing movie. Five oh, I like Dravager. Costs, costs
2: about $1.50. I mean, it's, it's a shame. <laughs> like, I mean, that is a movie where I've seen some really small-budgeted films- that still looked better. I don't know what the hell I, I,
1: I do know what happened so we'll, and we'll, talk, we'll we'll deal with well, that. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, I, we'll talk about
2: that. But, but there's but anyway, but going back to, to eighty eight, I mean, my God, uh, another one freaking pin with uh, Terry O'Quinn. I mean, that that is just a freaky weird movie.
1: What about something like Frank Hentenlotter saying, I'm gonna tackle drug abuse? as brain damage. Elmer is a cipher for drug abuse and drug addiction. With with Zachary's voice, you can't not love Elmer, even though he's a pretty <laughs> evil little bastard.
0: Oh, brain damage is awesome. I, I honestly prefer it. I prefer it over Basket Case. I think that's a great film. It's so, like, aesthetic, and, and obviously you can see the the uh, drug addiction aesthetic that comes with it. Like, brain damage is so good. It, it's such a great, fantastically written, fantastically directed. It's a great-looking film, and just that that end, <laughs> the uh, brain-melting finale of it is just great. Well, literally um, and
1: figuratively.
0: Yes, and, and it ties in. I, I believe that's the... Was it Frankenhooker or was it Brain Damage where he's on the subway and you can see the dude from uh, Basket Case holding Basket Case on the subway? I believe that was Brain Damage. I,
1: it might be Brain Damage. It also might be Frankenhooker because I know.
0: It Frank, might be. Yeah. I know Frank they did they try all to connect all of them. They all tie into each other. Yeah, which is, it's so cool that. Um, and Lauder had this like extended universe idea really before any of the DC Marvel type dudes uh, uh, did it. He just did it for the sake of it. He's like, these are <laughs> these are my movies, and yeah, they they all take place in the in the same universe.
1: Well, but then there's uh, but then there are movies that don't take place in the same universe. But even though they're sequels, Cecil and I mentioned it when in our in the Lovecraft one, Curse Two, The Bite has hmm. nothing to do with Curse. One and curse three has <laughs> nothing to do with one or two and curse four is actually a retitled full moon movie that or sorry a retitled empire movie that never got released because of empire's failure and they just said you know what it's curse four now
2: i like uh curse Two. the bite i think is actually the best of the series even though it's for unrelated films but it's it's so good you've got uh some just amazing practical effects with with all the snakes coming out of the dude's body and the ending where his head kicks back his eyes fall out and snakes pour out of his eye sockets like that is fantastically done
1: it's never gonna beat
2: just such a a a weird lineage that goes along with that and you've got the the snake person at the end like this is a guy he's not turning into a snake he's turning into a bunch of snakes he's like <laughs> his, his, his whole body basically explodes and just pours radioactive snakes everywhere it's oh, a really crazy. creepy weird movie
1: dead heat it, it, it's got problems you can tell when you watch the movie that oh, all you've obvious got cut Keep there are your obviously scenes missing. This
0: is a perfect film.
1: There are obviously scenes missing when you watch it because there are some almost jump cuts where, like, the characters are—they get into a car and then they're clearly ending a dialogue scene coming out of an elevator. And okay, you, you, you Everybody can tell. There's lots of cut footage.
0: What Josh is saying this is a fantastic <laughs> film starring Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo, who is a fantastic comedian who is also really, really jacked for some reason. But it's great. It's a fantastic blending of genres, of zombies, of buddy cop stuff, of funny dialogue, of gory stuff. It's just awesome. It's just a great film. It's it's one of the one of the most overlooked, I think, probably of this year. Like I, I feel like not a lot of people really know about Dead Heat, and they should. It's a both hilarious and awesome movie, and it's um edited by a guy who's edited a lot of like high profile films like like Terminator 2 Tony Gold something what was his name Mark Goldblatt Goldblatt Mark Goldblatt is the director Mark Goldblatt uh he directed it and he's also been yeah Mark Goldblatt directed it and he was also the editor on stuff like Last Boy Scout Terminator 2 stuff like that so it's such a crisp film thanks to the lending of that like I I'll always love Dead Heat it's a fantastic film
2: the stop motion on the on the one girl who disintegrates, yeah, you know, it, it, oh, it's is, so is when, good.
1: Is that when Lindsay Frost dies? When when we yeah. find out that she's been reanimated? That yeah she's been so reanimated starts,
0: like falling apart and melting and stuff that that's on the same level as like the melting dude from robocop like that's 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 messed up stuff
2: yeah because you're also, not
0: expecting it at all because
2: here's the, yeah girl you're expecting a love scene and then it's like oh and she's oh, her arm
1: like falls off and stuff oh it's crazy but we yeah. also got to bring up i'm not 100 percent sure if this was technically his last this was near the end of vincent price's career he's only in one scene and he steals the entire movie from the cast.
0: I think it was his. Uh, it was his last film, I believe. I,
1: I think I remember that. But but you, you know how sometimes like Orson Welles still has stuff coming out now. Yeah. that he made before he. Did, so it's kind of hard to tell. Because he recorded sometimes. stuff earlier. Yeah, yeah. Right. But, but I, I, I do think...
0: believe that this is Dead Heat is indeed uh, Vincent Price's last role, and he is awesome at it. He's the he's the guy that controls all of the uh, reanimated people stuff and the the reanimation machine and he is great uh, he's he's he definitely doesn't deliver like a lazy performance like he's still the uh Vincent Price that we all know and love
1: and he's Darren McGavin's boss technically in the conspiracy yeah yeah and Darren McGavin, he's hilarious, and because he he's very he's v- very playing not Kolchak in this, yeah, which he which right. he could have just fallen back and kind of played a Kolchak type <laughs> role until you get the dun 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 that he's actually part <laughs> of the conspiracy. But it's pretty obvious from the get go. You go, yeah. oh, this guy's hiding something
2: that's the thing it's like it's not a movie where you're really invested in the mystery of it you're just enjoying the fact here are people that they they got killed and they brought back and now they're basically invincible police <laughs> officer zombies and they and they fight an entire meat market full yeah. of like reanimated sides of beef and stuff
1: Let's move on to the movie that the three of us are going to fight about. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. I love Elvira. I watched her show growing up. I still watched her show in 2010. I've got the DVDs. I was so excited for this movie. Problem is, this movie's not very funny. Boo! And Ew. I think I know the reason <laughs> for it. It was it, not made, but written in 1983 and never updated. The jokes in it are so dated. They're so old. For instance, the overall theme is going after that It's, it's morning in America, Ronald Reagan, new conservatism thing. But when it came out, George Bush is in the White House, and Ronald Reagan is out, because they literally never updated the script when they went to go shoot the movie feels like a 1983 to 1985 film not released until 1988 and that's the problem so You watch it it the jokes are so bad and they're so so dated
2: no so okay so here's here's your argument okay so let's say if they did make it in 83 and then you watched it now it would still it would be dated like i don't care like it's it's still funny still like who cares you don't think anything is funny so like <laughs> I used to think you were funny till a minute ago. Oh, oh. shut up. You never did. <laughs> 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 it's I I think it's fine. You know? I mean, it's got a lot of for lack of a better term, like cheesecake in it. There's so much Saturday night. There's Live so there. much going looking right. You know, jokes about her boobs. Like when she goes to the the thing and she breaks the thing open and it shows her, her tits pushing the, the gate <laughs> open. You know, there's so much like jokes about her boobs and people keep the guy keeps landing like inner cleavage. And what do you want? Like, it is exactly what I wanted out of an Elvira movie. She yeah. takes the dog and gives it a mohawk, but it's really entertaining and so silly and it's exactly what i would want with an elvira movie it's exactly what i would expect from an elvira movie
0: what's the thing that she says to like the construction workers like grab your tools and start banging while she's bending
2: over yeah something something along those lines yeah there's it it is the movie that i wanted and i saw it uh, a couple years ago it is a fun movie it's fine i mean it ends with her shaking her boobs with the um the uh the what are they called pasties with the yes. pasties on are
1: there and they're still spin- 12 years old cecil i, I never yes more yes. than that yes, out of an elvira movie. God
0: damn it Grew up. By a, an, an hour and a half of elvira and uh, and her two lovely twins i got to about 13 and that's about
2: where i stopped aging <laughs> clearly like just just, mature, just, stayed, you know, there. just, just stayed, stayed there just stayed there
1: and you know what <laughs>
2: happy there (laughs)
1: well i i i look at i look at this movie as it doesn't even feel like elvira because if you watched her old movie macabre show it was the same style of jokes but they were so much more witty and subversive on her show it seemed like none of the jokes landed in this it just wasn't funny but then this year also brought us the Thoroughly terrible, evil laugh. Although I do like it for early Ashland Gear. Sorry, Kimmy McCamy. Yes, it. Kim McCamy. But yes, yeah, what she is was painful to sit through, isn't it, Cecil? It
2: it is really funny in the sense that, and I I don't mean I'm not saying this in a negative way. She was almost prudish in how much she would not disrobe. You know, and I'm not and it's uh, like what I'm like, what I'm saying is that like, like when you counter that with that, she went off and did like some of the most hardcore porn from the time. Like it really was a duality of character. Like she really, I guess, was just hiding
1: something. I think there's a difference between Ashlyn gear and Kimmy McCammy. You know, it, it's almost like with Joe Bob Briggs. There's Joe Bob Briggs, and then there's journalist John Bloom.
2: I guess, like, she's, like, maybe in a sense, she's playing a character when she's Ashlyn Gear. You know, she's not really Kim McCamey.
1: But then there was also Friday the 13th, The New Blood, which we talked about endlessly. Fright Night Part 2, which... Yeah, I took a lot of crap for it last time I said this and I still stand by this. Better than the first movie, come at me.
2: Brian Thompson is great. I don't know. I think it is a very, very, very solid follow-up. I need to go back and watch them again. I enjoyed both of them in different ways. Like, I think both of them did did things differently, but did them stronger. And also, two going back to Brian Thompson, had the bug thing. And so that yeah. always kind of, uh, that always creeps me out. <laughs> I hate bugs, but he's eating bugs and then they get split open and bugs pour out. Oh God, that's gross.
1: Well, then we got the Halloween four, which I agree with Peter on this one. Not only is it underrated, this is where I might take some crap. I think it's the best Michael Myers film in the franchise. Three is still the best film in the franchise. I I like four better than even the, you know, the first two for Halloween four the best halloween movie with michael myers it's
0: one of the better sequels for sure the more the more you think about it the more you realize it's a lot better than especially the the 2018 film which i've been thinking about that one a lot because i know i liked it a lot upon first seeing it and then i think about things and it's like well we don't really have donald pleasance anymore this this film that the 2018 film omits all of that it's all about Laurie Strode now, who in the first two films was really just kind of a victim. Uh, you know, Donald Pleasence as Loomis was was the biggest character next to Michael Myers. It just, it omits all of that. So it's like, if you look at Halloween 4, it's like, it's great. It's Loomis coming back to do his battle with Michael Myers again. And you got Michael Myers escaping from the institution, you know, killing a bunch of ambulance people. Daniel Harris, uh, fantastic as as Jamie Lloyd, who I feel like at this point, is a lot more important than Laurie Strode, who we've moved past from at this point. Halloween 4, hell of an underrated film, hell of an underrated Halloween film, definitely the best of the sequels following two and three, even though three isn't really a Michael Myers film. But I do feel like after like the original films, four is the best one.
2: I would probably go one, four, two for the Michael Myers movies.
1: And then there's Hellraiser 2, which we did a full retrospective on, so it's gloss over. (laughs) But then there is, as as I established last week and I played that clip of him being an arrogant twat, Fred Olin Ray, he hadn't quite gone completely off the rails yet because I genuinely like Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. It knows exactly what it is, and it's legitimately funny and fun.
0: Awesome film. You got Gunnar Hansen. You got Linnea Quigley. You got funny, quirky dialogue that knew that knows what it was goes very well as a double feature to Sorority Babes in the Slime Ball Bolarama, which also came out in '88. Then there's
1: Howling Four. We did a whole Howling retrospective. Now here's where you guys can can kill me. I do not like Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I just watched it again about a oh. year ago with my girlfriend. She <laughs> likes it. I just. Don't get into this movie. I don't enjoy it. If you do, that's fine. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm saying I don't enjoy it.
2: Yeah, Killer Clowns. The practicals in it are amazing. The clowns are the perfect amount of scary. Like, like one of my things is like I have a problem with certain movies where they'll have like like what they did with uh, the Annabelle doll in the Annabelle movies is like. The original Annabelle was Raggedy Ann doll. And I understand they couldn't get the rights to use Raggedy Ann in the movie. Raggedy Ann by itself is creepy looking. And then they went and they took the doll and they made it creepy looking. And therefore, it was no longer creepy. Whereas with Killer Clowns, they just took clowns and kind of slightly exaggerated them.
1: He wasn't even a thing yet, but they
2: sort of Rob Zombie'd him. Yeah, yeah. They made him, like, creepy, but, like, not They didn't go so far out of the realm of it. And then going to another example, if you go back and you watch Pennywise, Tim Curry in the original It.
0: Yeah. He just looks like a clown. Yeah, he's dressed up as almost like a Ronald McDonald kind of clown. And it's like his, it's his performance that makes it creepy. It's not that new metal bullshit that, (laughs) uh, what's his face? The guy in the, the new movies is doing where it's like, he tilts his head low. Hello. It's like you you hot topic piece of shit he was trying so hard to be quote unquote scary and it was just terrible his like his little low angle facial expressions and his his little rapey smile and it's like oh I'm, oh i'm gonna scare you i'm gonna scare you no you're not you're not you dweeb Fuck off to the back of the line you suck you suck Hope he hears this episode. guard, whatever his face. God, dude, I will fight you. I swear to God, I will fight you. But then this, this
1: year also brought us one of the worst films ever made. That piece of shit Wade Williams actually made a movie called Midnight Movie Massacre. Which is the most not funny comedy you will ever sit through? I serious. I dare the listenership to find this movie and watch it and find one positive thing about it. It is so shockingly unfunny. Could have used this to torture prisoners at Guantanamo Bay. (laughs) Midnight movie massacre. I'm saying it is the worst comedy ever made. And Wade Williams, not
0: great. You. It's
1: I've never great, seen
0: no. it. You're you're right.
2: I've never seen it, but I don't know. The hangover is pretty bad. I don't know Midnight if that's the worst massacre. comedy ever. Okay.
1: Cecil, you and I disagree on comedy a lot. I'm gonna uh-huh. I'll send you this movie. You will watch it and you'll say, I will never <laughs> doubt you again, Josh.
2: <laughs> well, we I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. I think that there are plenty of like we've agreed on enough. But like sometimes when things are bad, like legitimately bad. Yes, they are bad. But uh, I could, you know, I, I don't know.
0: I've, I think I've ever even heard of this one. There's so. a reason. It's not, it's not good. It's, pretty, it's not, pretty. it's pretty terrible.
1: But then there's, again, some people like this movie and we covered it a little bit in our George Romero retrospective so long ago. I can't get into Monkey Shines. I get why people like it. I don't think it's a good movie.
0: It's an interesting plot, but I feel like it's not um, executed very well. Like, it could have been a lot better. They just wanted to do a thing where it's, you know, it's a chimpanzee or whatever that's, like, a killer. And it's, like, super evolved and super educated. Uh, It had an idea... But the film itself doesn't move along the way that it should. I, I think that
1: the biggest problem with the movie is there's not enough story. This this yeah. feels like a rejected Tales from the Dark Side episode that they said we can drag this out to 90 minutes at 25 yeah, at 25 something minutes. That, something this works
0: definitely should only be like 30 minutes, and it was an hour and a half, and it just it felt very much like filler for sure. Yeah,
1: th- th- this is a 25 minute story in a 90 minute time slot, and I just yeah. remember. So many needless subplots, so many things being drug out. This was Romero saying, I have to make this 90 minutes long, man.
0: It doesn't even feel like a Romero movie either. Like you don't really feel his um his stamp on it. It just feels like a, a generic random film.
2: Yeah, it's uh I wonder if there was like a lot of studio involvement or whatever, because uh it just does not it it doesn't have his usual, like Peter said, his stamp on it. It just kind of feels off
1: you know what doesn't feel off night of the demons oh i I, I love kevin tinney's night of the demons this is a almost perfect halloween movie now i think it does fall apart in the last 20 minutes it feels like they wrote themselves into a corner but the first (laughs) hour is fantastic and works amazingly
0: bowl of i am here (laughs) to party it's a great movie. It's uh, one of those films that just, like, it feels so, um, for lack of a better comparison, just feels so 80s to come out of the actual 80s. Like, you, you've got the sort of punk rock music, the metal music— there, there's a freaking Exodus bumper sticker at some point there's there's mullets there's bomber jackets it's just great Linnea Quigley again shows up in this film steal, steals the movie by uh putting a tube of lipstick completely in logically <nipple. laughs> in, into her own boob for some reason because she's, she's possessed demon, by dude. by whatever's controlling the house just just what an awesome 80s haunted spooky house movie just one of my favorites to particularly put on uh, during the halloween season and
1: then there is nightmare on elm street 4 which you know we've talked about endlessly phantasm 2 there is the Not of this earth remake with tracy get f- lords i'm not even gonna <laughs> dignify that poltergeist 3 which we talked about in our poltergeist retrospective and is a shockingly good movie
0: it's very good it's one of the better sequels for sure it's way better than two
2: the whole angle they went with with the mirrors and all like that could not have been an easy shoot because Mm -hmm. now you have like some more tricks and stuff you can do to to digitally remove you know the the camera crew and everything no no,
1: no no those weren't mirrors they literally, for the scenes that are supposed to be mirrored, they built the room in reverse. Oh, that's Those so Those were actually mirrors because they said there was absolutely no way to hide the camera in an actual mirror there was zero way to do it oh
0: my god i never knew that
1: so you 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 can tell if you watch it now i just watched it a few months ago if you watch it now because they'll have like an actor we're acting backwards in what's supposed to be the reflection and you can tell they don't a 100 percent match you only can tell if you're really looking there's very few actual mirrors in this movie it's the room in reverse
0: That's awesome. See, that's That's dedication, man.
1: Today, you just CGI it out. They had to get creative for this goddamn movie.
0: It's like this scene in T uh, Two where they're removing his chip and they had yeah. like stunt actors acting from the back from like Linda the Hamilton's literal, twin sister. Yeah, and and uh Arnold's stunt double, and then they had Arnold himself in a little booth that was pretending to be the mirror. Like that's that's stuff you, you, you don't notice until like twenty years later. Rennie Harlan's prison, I
1: remember liking it, but I have not seen it in about twenty years. So it
2: is a very fast horror movie because that's kind of rennie harlan's thing is he does direct very quickly Uh, and i don't mean that i think that was his first american movie and i don't mean that in a negative way i'm saying that that is his style like it is a very
0: yeah it's a very pop culture kind of style
2: yeah it's a very like quick everything kind of happened but it's it's good it's it is it's cool because so now we have so many directors that come out and you're like who because they don't have a particular style so he had a particular style i think it uh i think it still holds up it's in the um it's in the empire box set if i'm not mistaken yeah, I, was, I was gonna say yeah. this is
1: a charles band produced movie
0: that's that's two movies from rennie Harlan this year too is he he also did nightmare four fem uh if i'm correct he did prison first but i it
1: nightmare four came out first i think
0: yeah, yeah. They're, they're both in the same year and you can definitely see his uh his directing style he had um I, I think he definitely had an idea of sort of like what an american horror film should be like like he he had a good grasp on that sort of thing i i do feel like both prison is a great film and nightmare four is one of my favorite of the uh freddy sequels
1: but then there is also Pumpkinhead, which you know is yes. the only worthwhile film in that whole franchise i mean it's got <laughs> well, some lance hemrickson is
0: great in that film Oh, it, he
1: is but it also, it has some story problems, but it has so much mood and atmosphere yeah. that override the story problems.
0: Oh, it's a lovely looking film. It, it, it just, just looks great. Problem with Pumpkinhead, and
2: I love Pumpkinhead, <laughs> but I think that in general, People will dismiss it simply because of the name. Oh, Pumpkinhead. It's like, no, this is a really scary, freaking weird movie. And because Pumpkinhead Monster, that was that was, uh, Alec Gillis, if I'm not mistaken, uh, either that or Tom Woodruff Jr., that was in the suit. They made it with like stilts and I mean, oh, it was so just, cool. It was this like nine foot tall thing. Who it,
0: it, it designed also... it? Was it Stan? Was it Stan Winston? Stan Winston. Yeah, Rex. it was Stan Winston.
1: It, it also has probably the scariest looking pumpkin patch I have ever seen in a film. This year also brought us Return of the Living Dead Part 2, a very unworthy sequel. I like three, <laughs> but two, four, and five, f***ing blow. I do want to do a full <laughs> retrospective on them, so let's just... You know, there's Serpent and the Rainbow, which we talked about in our Wes Craven Just Died episode. Good we movie. got Sleepaway Camp 2, which I hated, which we've talked about in depth. Oh, made. come on!
0: 2 was good. It's I better than I the, hated the other all sequels
1: got. <laughs> you hated
2: all the Sleepaway Camps, or you hated all the sequels?
1: I hated all the Sleepaway Camp movies. You know that. Oh, you remember how I, miserable I'm... I was when you made me do that episode?
2: No, because hey, you're always miserable. That's true. Hey, Josh, <laughs> eat shit and live.
1: But then there's Sorority Babes and Slimeball Bolarama, which Which is is just a fantastic movie. I can't believe I just said that about a David Dakota film, but i just did well it was
0: linnea it, it Quigley was back... playing the uh the the baddest bitch she could ever play she was just technically so much a good fun. girl in that
1: she was technically she the, is the yeah girl. even though but she, she didn't often
0: she was she's the one robbing, she didn't get naked from in the place but you know she still got uh kind of a heart to her and and she's just she's just awesome like almost anything uh linnea quickly does is just great and that this is one of her most uh I mean, she was very much spotlighted in this film. Usually she's kind of the, you know, the secondary character kind of stuff. And and this one, she was, I, I would call her kind of the lead of this one. She, she's sort of the one of the more main characters, which I think is really cool to see her do.
1: I just got to ask, who the f*** robs a bowling alley? That's like Robbie's <laughs> goodwill, you know? Linnea Quigley does. Well, she probably was thinking I'll get
2: away with it because nobody robs a bowling alley. That's got to be the logic. Yeah.
1: Maybe. But then there, <laughs> then there is the underrated Ben Cross movie, The Unholy, which most people have not seen. And then Cecil likes to point out the Graydon Clark uninvited movie with the killer cat attacking Alex Cord and George Kennedy. I don't dig the movie the way Cecil does, but I totally get why he does. Okay. Yeah, it's not the cat Psycho,
0: Psycho Stick did a song for that movie for yes. you, didn't they? they That's did, great. Yeah.
2: Yes yeah, psycho my buddy psycho Stick, they did uh, they we had got to talking and uh, they were like we we basically were like hey man, I'll do the video for the movie you guys do the music and so they came up with the uh, with the the uninvited theme song and, uninvited and again for
0: some reason
2: for some reason that's <laughs> the, like the name the name of the movie makes no sense you know but it's it's this it's a cat inside of a cat. And it, it's a cat, an evil cat, and it lives inside of another cat. <laughs> it's so awesome. It, it spreads so you and you it's
1: explode. Great. Uh it's just uh it's a great movie. It's so weird. I'm gonna skip over Watchers because I, I really want to do a I really want to do a retrospective on that we whole should. messed that up would be, series. That'd be worthwhile, I think. Because yeah, Watchers,
0: I, I think, is also, as I, I think I mentioned earlier, just one of Michael Ironside's most fun characters. Like, he well, really rips shit up in that movie.
1: I I I love the fact that Watchers is one of the few franchises where almost all the sequels are adapting the same source material. Because <laughs> I think 3 That's and 4 true. are also adaptations. Of, they're basically remakes of the first movie again.
0: And, uh, yeah... Yeah, two the the second film is basically like more of a fateful adaptation of the of the book, and then you've got like three and four that are also trying to adapt the book again. Like it, it's a ridiculous. It's, it's not set of even sequels. really yeah, it's yeah. Not, not even really a sequel franchise. It's just a other other filmmakers. Franchise. To they, adapt they kept the making book over yeah, and over again. They kept again. making the
2: same thing.
1: <laughs> but, but then there is but then there is Anthony Hickox's Waxwork, which. I love it. Waxwork is like it's like an anthology film that's all in one movie because you get these little vignettes that are amazing. We, yeah. won't, we won't even mention Waxwork 2 because that fucking movie doesn't exist. Oh, come on. No, they went in the space. Waxwork 2 is a disaster. Waxwork is fun as hell. But then, I really want to talk about... Th- there's some weird things when we get to the end of this list. This is the first Witchcraft movie. Witchcraft mm. became the TNA direct-to-video franchise for most of our childhoods. These things <laughs> were all over the video store. We all lost count at what number they were at at some point. And then, for some reason, three years ago, someone bought the franchise rights and started making new Witchcraft movies. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell was asking for that? I think
2: they're oh, up no. to, I, I do believe, seriously, I think they are up to 27. No, I, I think not mis- it's
1: like, the, the new ones were, I think, 15, 16, and 17. I oh, right, okay, I'm sorry, three. I have
2: my, I, I I'm up 10. So yeah, so they're, they're in the, these, I thought it was, I thought it was 25, 26, 27, but it's 15, 16, 17. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) But still, there's a lot of these things out there and none of them are really any good.
1: Well, the first one is not bad.
2: But but that's what I'm saying. It's not bad, but I mean, it's not the kind of movie that you're like, "Wow, I sure hope there's 16 more of these."
1: <laughs> I, I, I still say one of these days, and maybe this is me secretly wanting someone to do this. Someone's gonna gonna pay the Patreon money for our Patreon and make us do a retrospective on the witchcraft movies. Somebody's gonna hey pull man, that trigger. Uh,
0: tw- twenty bucks is twenty bucks. But then I'd,
1: but then there's also- hey man,
2: there's a There's a lot
1: of boobies in there. So it's like, even if they're terrible, it's like, all right, well, (laughs) boobs, boobs. We're going to end out this episode in Italy because of course we are. We've got witchery, (laughs) the David Hasselhoff, Linda Blair movie that I can't remember if it was in Japan is called an evil dead movie. I I think. Yeah, it was. No, it was
2: Spain. No, in in Spain, it was La Casa 4.
1: Uh, There we go. Yeah, I knew it was an evil dead (laughs) film in some foreign country. Oh, 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 my God. This movie don't know what was going on in this movie because you got David Hasselhoff looking like he's going because remember this is before Baywatch so he's going please please allow me to keep my career Linda Blair going I totally don't care and then I think it was Catherine Hickland I might be wrong on the actress the one that plays David Hasselhoff's wife she looks like she's gonna fall asleep at any moment in this movie
2: yeah, it was Catherine Hickland.
1: She just looks beyond bored, but at the same time, strangely, she looks like she's trying really hard, which I don't know what that says about her as an actress. <laughs>
2: it is a uh, it is a goofy movie. You should watch oh, my video yeah. on it. It's uh, there's a lot of stuff that happens, and none of it makes sense. And there's and it's filled with <laughs> it's filled with one of my greatest greatest quotes. Yeah, it's all as witches and rainbows and shit.
1: And in Italy still, because this year has because only only the Italians can do this. Are so we you,
0: going with Zombie Three?
1: Zombie Three, but yes. also but also this year released Killing Birds, which was released as <laughs> Zombie Five. So Zombie which Three was... and Zombie um, Five came no, out this wait, year. No. And Zombie that, 4 will that come out next year. Was 4 or was
0: it 5? What was Killing Birds? 4 Killing or 5? Killing
1: Birds five? was 5. So zombie, three and, <laughs> so zombie 3 and 5 came out this year. And Zombie 4 will come out next year because Italy. <laughs> so we went we went forward in time.
2: <laughs> so I, I remember I bought Zombie 3 simply oh. uh, based off of the cover because they oh, blatantly steal the cover from Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I think it was Nightmare <laughs> on Elm Street 3 with the eyes of freddy and like i'm like this this ha-, like <laughs> that
0: is a that is a both a good and a bad sign zombie 3 is awesome i mean you you got a film that was started by fulci was completed by Fergasso and bruno matai that features a flying zombie head it that features the the like hazmat suit dude's from uh, what was the movie, uh, The Crazies. You've, you've got this, like, you've got kung fu zombies. You've got zombies that can do martial arts. You've got zombies that are like piranha that eat a dude's legs. You have a zombie You've, you've got DJ. birds falling out of the sky, dying. Like, Zombie 3 is one of the most insane zombie films ever that break all the the established rules of what a zombie should be before, you know, movies like 20, 27, 20 days later, or whatever the hell it was. um, But
1: Peter, 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 you have a zombie DJ for God's sake.
0: Yes, all that (laughs) freaking, the ending, the ending is amazing. You You have a zombie that is establishing the fact that there is a full-on, full-fledged zombie worldwide takeover that is being presented by an eyeless, like, melted-eyed zombie at the end that is like, the zombies are taking over. We are going to kill all of you. And it's like, this is a total Fregasso ending. Anybody that is a fan of Claudio Fragasso should know this. He writes (laughs) the, like, weirdly darkest shit, even in, like, movies like Troll 2. Silly as all shit. Green goop, controls, trolls, goblins, whatever. They're, they're goblins in a movie that's called Trolls. But at the end, you know, they're eating his family. They're eating the kid's family at the end. Women's Prison Massacre that ends with you know the, the chick ends up just going back to jail and zombie 3 of course with that fantastic ending of the zombie takeover going full fledged and it's being it's being talked about by a zombie itself like zombie 3 is easily one of the best films you can gather like a, a bunch of friends with and watch and just just enjoy the hell out of it because it's Crazy,
1: but then there's also, like I said, Killing Birds, which was released as Zombie Five Killing Birds, <laughs> which Robert Vaughn wanted no part of. He took this movie because he was financially desperate, he badmouthed this movie every chance he could get. Even, even the extra on the DVD, the interview with him is all about him talking about how much he hates this movie and hated being in it.
0: Oh, I love the uh, the wow. zombie catalog in general, it's so much fun. The fact that in the same year, (laughs) we got Zombie 3 and Zombie 5, like, where did uh Where did Zombie Four go? Zombie what Four year is, is next year. Zombie Four came Zombie out. Zombie Four is next year because that's it's how insane. things work in the Italian. Like,
1: well, because you also got to remember at this point, just like the way the slasher movies were dead because the the tax credit was running out at this point. So yeah, the, lo- the laws were changing. So what we think of as the Italian exploitation <sighs> genre basically died this year and next year. They, I mean, they they kind of made it into the '90s. There were a few in the '90s. The this era was over. For for the Italian exploitation stuff. Uh, is, it was over for slasher movies. was going to enter a dark time. Once we left the 80s. Because early 90s horror. Yeah. Was a very different beast. Which we're not going to deal with right now. Well, ne- Next week we'll end this thing. And we'll get out of the 80s. And then do something else. For now where can people find peter
0: oh god you can find me in the back alley of some gutter or something on uh twitter at cinematica talking about wasp talking about zombie 3 talking about slime city at twitter at cinematica uh facebook the Cinematicus, youtube the Cinematicus, is uh 12 beyond.com with other fine programming patreon at Zenematica. Cecil, where can people find you? You can find me at uh,
2: goodbadflix.com as well as goodbadflix on YouTube, Twitch, Fetter.
1: Fetter? (laughs)
2: Fetter. (laughs) Fetter. Fetter. Uh, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Twitter. Wait, did I say Twitter? I I, I
1: heard you have to pause. I heard you pause to make sure you got that right.
2: (laughs) Yeah. my brain is, is somewhere we else. We are
0: so professional.
2: Oh, my God. I am the worst my today. God. All your other places that I haven't said, uh, 1201beyond.com, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube,
0: and stuff. And you can, and I'm not even drinking. Son of a bitch. He's immensely talented and easily the best of the three of us, in my opinion.
1: And you can find me at 1201beyond.com. Contact this show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Guys, try to be a cut above. Keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. Have a good night.